Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my linemate Matt with me. And today we're going to go over the Hawks' last two games versus the Coyotes and the uh, the Golden Knights. And then we're going to go over some NHL news. So, Matt, why don't you kick it off with some news from from that uh, that Phoenix game, which I think that they should have won, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, they, they gave up a goal early, and then they gave up another goal late in the first period. So they were pretty much chasing the game. Uh, good to see Kirby Doc get on the board. He got the first Hawks goal in the second period. That whack, that home yeah, run. That that was nice. They they were they were talking about him being a highlight reel against uh, Kale McCarr, and then the next game he kind of redeemed himself and made himself look good. So I, that was cool to see. Um, but you know it's not good to lose to a team that's what at the time was seven twenty two and three, and those are must win games, and that's that's where I think. You know, an experienced coach is needed. I know you like Derek King, and you know I, I like him too. I like what he's he's done, but uh, these are games that you really got to buckle down and win. And uh, on a positive side of this game, Kirby Do- or not, I'm sorry, Alex DeBrincat, he scored his 21st. I think he is like one of the, one of the few Hawks to ever get 20 goals. His first four seasons, I believe. I think Tony Amonti is actually on that list, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but you know, Flurry wasn't good enough this game, and I know that the next game was it was obviously a big deal for him in Vegas. So I I think he was kind of looking ahead, in my opinion. Sure. But um, I'll yeah I'll let you go over Vegas. I wish uh I wish we could have got two points. Obviously, it would be a good good two points to get against the Coyotes, and then obviously we beat the Knights. It would have been a nice four point uh little stretch we could have got here, but we did not. You know, in the one thing I wanted to mention about the the Yotes game was that, you know, the Hawks really, I think, shot themselves in the foot with some bad penalties. And I think if they wouldn't have made these penalties, you know, there was a chance that they could have won that game. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be your own worst enemy, especially when you're trying to chase a playoff spot, which I believe they are trying to do. Can they accomplish it? Uh, it's as time is going on, you know, they're, they're getting low on time. So if they're going to, they're going to do it, they need to go on a, on a big run here, like right now. Uh, so yeah, uh, moving on to the, to the Knights, you know, this is the first time, you know, Flurry was playing his old team, the Golden Knights. I thought that he played really, really well. He let in that first goal in. And then after that, it was, uh, it was lights out, man. I think that the Knights, put together a, a really solid game. I think that they played three good periods as a team. The Hawks, on the other hand, I think that the first 13 minutes of the first period was um, had much to be desired, but then they kind of turned it around. And then what's been the case recently, they put in a solid second and third period. What I really liked about this game was after they got the go-ahead goal and we got into the third period, you know, they seemed to be trading... Not, 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 I don't want to say blows with Vegas, but you know they were they were playing, they were playing with them and they were keeping up with them. And then when we got to about seven to six minutes in, they shut they uh, they shut them down and they didn't let uh, they didn't let any any goals go by. And to be honest with you, Vegas really didn't have many I would say really good high danger scoring chances at the end of the game because I think that the Hawks defense played really well. This seems the last uh, from what I have seen. When they played 
when they at least when they played the Knights, they seem to be closing down passing lanes again, and I like to, I like to see that I like to see that happening. So uh, we needed a it was a big win I think for us because we lost that Phoenix game, which should have been a, a must win. But this Vegas game was more of a, where are we at in the league? You know, where do we stand? Can we beat these really good teams? You know, they took they took Colorado, which is a very good team, to overtime, and they lost by what could possibly be the goal of the season from Kale McCarr when he undressed Kirby Doc. And it didn't matter who was there. You know, they would have been undressed too. And then they, they come back, they lose to Phoenix, and then they beat Vegas. So I think that it's good. Uh, they're headed in the right direction, and they need to start, but they need to start putting together a series and a string of wins. I mean, like, they need to come out and do, like, 10 straight games and, uh, and win some games here. So, uh, so what, what, what do you think, Matt? What do you think needs to happen for them to right the ship? Yeah, like you said, we we need we need a couple win streaks. Like if we we win four, lose one, and then we win three, that's that's what you need. And unfortunately, we're right now a, a W L W L W L sometimes L L L W L L W W L L. That just that just can't that can't happen. All the good teams like right now, the hot teams are, I believe, the Pittsburgh Penguins have won nine in a row. I think they actually just lost. Maybe Saturday, I believe. Uh, the Blues are on a roll right now, and these these are the teams that are just they're doing their jobs. They're you know, they're shutting down games at the end. And I know uh, I th- I think it was Saturday night I watched the Blues and um, the Dallas Stars, and uh, the Blues got two goals in the last minute. Ended up getting a lucky. You know the refs. I I thought kind of had an outcome on that game. The the Stars. It was kind of a weak call, but I mean the, the Blues did their job. They scored on the power play, tied it, then they got the go ahead. Those are just like the the old school Hawks teams. Like you, you know they're down, say like two to one in the third period. They pull the goalie and they score. The Hawks take it to OT and win. It's like the team of destiny. You know they they're just meant to win. They're so good. But uh, we we need some of that going. We need. Flurry, I think Flurry's been good. I, I know he didn't have the greatest game against the Coyotes, but he he looked good against that Vegas game. I think he had it marked on his calendar, and you know he he's, he really wanted to. Not, I I don't want to say like stick a middle finger out at the at the ownership or the management team, but you know you want to beat the team that traded you that didn't want you anymore, just to kind of say, just like leave a little doubt in their minds, but. Uh, I, you know what, man? I'm I'm kind of curious to see what the Knights look like when Jack Eichel comes in, because I, I think that he is the type of player, is the game breaker. They've been trying to get. They thought, you know, Mark Mark Stone is is a game breaker, but I'd really like to see Eichel with this team. It's going to be very interesting because they're, right now they're I think they're number one in the Pacific. That's I mean it's it could change at any time, but I, I I'm really curious to see what he can bring to this team. I wonder if it's going to be positive or negative, you know? Sometimes yeah. you get a new star player in and it kind of puts a, a a bog in the you know, in the machine and the the players don't play as well. But yeah. he's a he's a generational player. I mean, he is a very good player and I'm excited to see where he fits in as well. I think he's going to need a little time to get his his legs adjusted and and get back into the groove of things into into the hockey end of the hockey season going into the hardest part of the season the playoffs, but I I'm looking forward to it as well. 
You know, something I wanted to talk about is, you know, we have two sides of the puck, the offensive and the defensive side of the puck. And one thing that I've noticed is that I think, you know, obviously to I'm going to leave him out of the conversation because it's pretty obvious. He's um, what you would consider, you know, just a shoe in for being like the number one offensive guy. But I would like to, I would like to note that, you know, Brandon Hagel has been, you know, very, very positive on the offensive side of the puck. And I'd also like to mention that Mackenzie Entwistle has been doing very well on the bottom six pairings and playing very well where he's been where he's been suited at. He's been, I would probably say, like a quiet, somewhat game changer. Because if you notice, when he goes into the corners, he wins a lot of those battles. And um, and he plays really good on the defensive side of the puck, and I think that he's somebody that should um, that should be should be noted from his contributions that he deserves a you know a a spot on the team. I would also I know I want us to string together a series of you know say ten wins or so, but. I would also like to see Soderblom again, you know, get an opportunity to go out there and, and, and play some hockey. Do you think that he's going to see any time or do you think that the Hawks are are in playoff mode trying to shoot for a trying to shoot for a spot? You know what? I think at the end of the season, it, it might be worth giving him a couple games. But right now, you know, you're going to have Lincoln and come back eventually. And you're, you're we're paying Flurry to, you know, be the number one this year. So, you know, I mean. Who knows? Maybe the deadline they will let Flurry go somewhere if he's up for it. And I think that giving that kid a couple couple starts towards the end might be a good uh kind of like a tryout for the backup maybe next year. It'd be interesting to see. And if they don't want to bring a veteran in, they want to go young. I, I could see that happening. So moving on to some NHL news. I want to bring up John Klingberg because he's got a very interesting thing going on in Dallas. We traded John and Patrick Sharp to the stars way back when we, obviously when we traded Patrick Sharp. And I thought it was a little questionable because I thought that Klingberg was pretty close to, you know, being on a, on, on a starting team's roster. Turns out as soon as he gets to the stars, he's, he ties together some, some really good seasons, some very good, uh, very good, offensive seasons and he was great def- defensively as well. We're hearing that we're hearing that uh Klingberg is once out of once once out of Dallas. What do you got on that, Matt? Yeah, I heard that he was very unhappy with his contract talks. Uh I I'm assuming he's seeing all these defensemen, you know, this summer getting paid like Obviously, Jones got his 9.5, I believe. Um, drawing a blank. Uh, Darnell Nurse got his payday. Kale McCarr got his payday. And I think he believes he should be in that class. Um, and I guess Dallas does not. So, obviously, he's, um, you know, he's unhappy. I don't know if he's asking for a trade. I've heard on the fourth period that he was requesting a trade but here's the thing you're going to ask for a trade and you're going to be a ufa in the summer well i mean what's the point of that dallas is not going to get a good return now they might you know they might trade him as a rental type of thing and let him sign somewhere else in the summer just so they don't lose him for free but uh, i believe that he'll probably finish in dallas this season and maybe he'll get a contract extension but maybe he'll just walk so what we're going to see in the summer probably you know what? I mistook John Klingberg for Steven Johns. 
I, I don't know why I did <laughs> that, but he. I was trying to think, to, just trying to think to myself, like, hold on, was Klingberg on the Blackhawks or was it this other guy? And it was Stephen Johns that was on it. Yeah. His head, his name just popped into my head. You know, sorry about that. I thought you meant Clink Hammer. Remember uh, him? Yeah, there was a Clink <laughs> Hammer too. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. it's like after a while, man, some of these names just kind of just start blending in with each other, yeah. especially some of these dudes. Believe but, it or not, uh, this kid was a fifth round pick in two, 2010 for Dallas. And you know what? He's He's got some pretty decent numbers, but um, obviously the last couple of years haven't been good to him. And he's going to be 30 next year. So I don't yeah. see... I don't see him getting that seven-year, eight, nine million dollar deal at his age right now. I think it's it's a little too late, you know. For like, w- would you give him eight, nine million for like a four-year deal or a three-year deal? Uh, no, no. I, I think I'd give him close, maybe max seven point five three years. Okay. Because uh, his numbers have been declining and declining and. Just look at Dallas right now. They they have Jamie Benn, who's aged, uh, Tyler Sagan, st- still very good hockey players, but they're getting older, and I don't know what's going on in Dallas. They they got Jason Robertson, who's a very good young player. I would probably sell at the trade deadline if I'm uh, Dallas GM. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. I, I believe it's Nil or something. I, f- I forget. I'm sorry. But I would keep Robertson and you know build around him because he's definitely a, he's going to be a great player for many years. Yeah, they recently moved Sagan from center to wing, so I believe he's playing one wing and Jamie Ben is playing the other instead of him playing center and Jamie Ben playing a wing. Actually, didn't, I think they moved Jamie Ben to center as as well. I just can't believe that this team was in the Stanley Cup final two years ago yeah. against Tampa and. I, I think it was mostly Kudobin, he, the goalie. He's yeah. actually sent down now. That's how bad it's been for him. <laughs> but he was, I think he was just standing on his head, and he was just a man on a mission, and they just fell short to a good Tampa team. But, I, yeah, man, I think it's time to uh, probably start selling these older pieces and maybe uh, start building up for the future if I'm the Dallas uh, Dallas Stars. You know, one thing I wanted to mention about Marc-Andre Fleury was that he is the first goalie in NHL history to have a win against all 32 teams. Oh, yeah, because he, yeah, that's right. We beat the Kraken. That's right. That's good for him. And then he beat his former team. Right. Pretty impressive. Cool. So Patrick Wall was interviewed by the Avs. What do you got on that, Matt? Yeah, this is something I just heard today on NHL uh, radio today. And I, you know what, man? It's kind of cool. It's kind of weird because we all know Patrick Waugh left the, the Canadians on bad terms. I believe his last game, the Red Wings just lit him up. <laughs> and, you know, he goes, they finally pull him after, you know, the game so far out of reach. I believe it was like 7-1 seven, seven, or something. And Waugh went right right by the coach, talked to the owner behind the glass and said, this is the last effing time I'm playing here or something. And and he, you know, he eventually, I actually was traded right away to the avalanche and we know what he did there. He, he won two cups with those guys and he was very, he's a hall of fame goalie. One of the best of all time. Uh, I don't know how he would be as a, a general manager or a president, whatever he's interviewing for, but he, you know, most of these former greats, they do make good management type uh, positions. You know, they're they're very good at it. I'm not saying they're good at coaching, but you know, maybe maybe it'll be uh, a good uh, pickup for the Avalanche. Or I'm sorry, the uh, Canadians. 
And I also heard Danny Briere was interviewed by this uh, club too, which is a very interesting to me too because, wow. you know, we he's he was a pretty decent player, you know, back in the day. I don't think he was like an elite player or anything, but I, think I never he was. I I never knew that he had connections with the Canadians. Was he was he on the Canadians one year? Or? You know what? I don't I remember. Can't remember. I don't remember him playing with the Canadians. I remember him playing with um, playing with the Coyotes or Arizona. Or Phoenix. Yeah. Well, he played with Philly. He played with Buffalo. He was good with Philly, man. Yeah, he was. He I, he was better with Buffalo. I remember him and uh, Chris Drury were co-captains when Buffalo was very close. I think the 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 Hurricanes actually knocked them out of. It was the Eastern Final. It was Buffalo versus uh, the Hurricanes, and yeah, and the Hurricanes knocked them out, and they won that year. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought he had a good career. You know what? It's funny when you talk about Patrick Waugh in Montreal. You remember when he was, he told Jeremy Roenick, I, I, oh, I can't well, hear that, what that, that was says. Colorado. That was Colorado. Wait, he was with Colorado? Yeah. That yeah. Was Colorado. He was like, I have my two Stanley Cups in my ears. I can't yeah. hear JR. <laughs> the complete, the complete argument ender right there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Brutal. Yep. All right, so where's where's Malikin at with, with the Penguins? Because we're we're getting to the halfway point of the season, and this is usually when Malikin likes to show up. Yeah, I'm hearing it's a game time decision. So we're gonna see how he's feeling. I guess he's very close if they're saying that. And dude, the Pittsburgh Penguins right now are on fire. They are rolling. Uh, I think hopefully that he doesn't ruin the chemistry. I don't think he's that type of player that would do that. But obviously, if you're putting Malkin in, you're sending somebody, you know, to be scratched. So hopefully it doesn't ruin the chemistry. I th- I think they should be okay. But, you know, he's, uh, he's it's the last year of his contract. He's going to it's going to be interesting this year if they're going to extend him or let him walk. I think they let him walk. I, I think they don't have a choice. I mean, they, they have to let them walk because there's some good players on this team that are going to, they're going to want some cash soon. Uh, there's this kid named uh, Rodriguez, I believe. I picked him up in fantasy. He is tearing it up right now. And he's, I think he's on a line with Sid. Those guys are just playing great together. Evander Kane has been <sighs> waived by the San Jose Sharks. Is this the end of Evander Kane in the NHL? Or do you think that? He's going to get a chance with another team. I I don't know, man. This guy is just, I, it's so weird. Like, he's not, it, it's almost like he wants to just do bad things all the time. And it's, I, I could maybe see a couple years, maybe he'll say he's changed, man. Now he's got some help. Maybe a team would sign him cheap. But I don't think a team's going to want to touch that right now and get that bad press, you know? Yeah, and considering he had a really good season last year, so it's not that he can't play. I think that maybe some of his off-ice issues really overshadow what he does on the ice. Yeah, it's a shame because you're right. He he had a good year, and he was really good with the Sharks. He, I mean, he earned a seven-year contract, a lot of money, I believe, Doug yeah. Wilson paid him, and... You know, he 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 deserved it. He, he found a home there. He 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 found some chemistry with uh, all the, the you know all the players: Logan Couture, uh, Brent Burns, uh, Eric Carlson, the forward. You know, they they it gelled for him, and <laughs> it looks like he found his home. And you know, unfortunate off ice stuff just uh, it's killing him. He the guy just you know what he should just hire someone to stay behind him and tell him what's wrong and what's right. You know, uh, life coach. Yeah, life coach. Just hey, nope, nope. Go inside, close the door. You're staying in all night, and stay off your phone. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's really a shame, man. It's really a shame because, you know, he's got a lot of talent, but he just doesn't. He just can't get it together. I remember back in the day they showed him when uh, when the Blackhawks were in the Stanley Cup Finals and he got to meet Kaner. He was with a few other guys at the time. He was with Sagan, I believe, as well, and they got to meet him. But um, moving on, Bertuzzi continues to score, man. This guy oh, yeah. is a really, really turning it up this year. I think that he felt that he needed to have a career year this year, and he seems to be a force right now. Where are you at with Bertuzzi? I'm a big fan of him, man. Uh, his face just looks like the hockey player <laughs> face. He's got the long lettuce in the back. He's got the missing tooth in the front. He's scoring goals at will. And, you know, it's I, I, Stevie Wise got to be happy because he, he kind of reminds me of like a 90s Detroit Red Wing player, you know, like a banger <laughs> type of guy. And so is Dylan Larkin. I'm giving him a lot of credit, too. He He's actually upped his game this year. You know, they threw the C on him a couple seasons ago and... He, I think he's a great leader. I, I, I don't know if you saw the other night off the faceoff. He, uh, he cross-checked uh, Philip Deneau, and the they just both dropped the gloves and went old school. And uh, it was cool to wow. see. But back to Bertuzzi, man. I, I really like this guy. I know like he's taking a lot of heat from you know the media and all that stuff. But whatever. He's uh, his plays backing up, backing everything up. And uh, I hope Detroit can you know lock this guy up for many years because. Uh, he he just reminds me he's like the Detroit Red Wing type of player that we hate. But you know what? They're out east now, so I don't have to hate him as much. <laughs> yeah, man. I I mean I like the guy. He just seems like he's he's uh maybe he's, like a Brad Marchand type. He's gritty. Yeah, he's yeah, a gritty, he's really gritty, gritty guy. He could score. He, he'll do whatever. He'll fight you. He'll score. He'll yeah. pass. It's the type of guy you want on your team. I could like I could see a little Brandon Hagel in him. But yeah. obviously, you know, Bertuzzi's scoring a lot of goals and Hagel's not there yet, but hopefully he can get there. So I need help with the next name. I want to say Juicy Sorrows. Juicy Smollett. <laughs> How do you say Sor- uh, Soros' uh, first name? UC. UC. I like Juicy Soros. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I've liked this guy ever since I saw him last year. I mean, it seems like he... You know, being a brick wall is kind of like a hobby of his. He's he's just incredible. I think that this guy, I, I, I think that the Preds are nowhere without this guy. I don't. I think that they would be at the, the bottom of the league, to be honest with you. AHL, I think, yes. I think he's the difference maker on that team. Is there a case for, his, for him to be MVP? Yes, there is. Because if you take him away, they are an AHL team. They got Philip Forsberg, who's pretty damn good. But if they don't have Saros and Net, they are nowhere. This guy's 19 and 9 and 1, 2.21 goals against, 0.93 save percentage, 0.929 save percentage. He, one of those awesome Finn goalies that you get. You know, I, I don't know how Nashville does it. They, they find goalies every year. They, they seem to have, I know they started off with Thomas Vokun, obviously Pecorine. <laughs> They've just had good luck with goalies, and this guy, he's not a big guy. I don't know if you you noticed this. He's like under six foot. Uh, you know, usually now it's big goalies or it's the new trend. You know, uh, Big Ben, Ben who just retired, Bishop. He was a tall goalie, fast, but UC Saros is he's a smaller guy, and he's just solid, man. And 
like you said, if you take him away, they are a very bad team. I think the Hawks would be, and maybe even Phoenix would be better than them, just the way that they play too defensively at times. But they put a lot of work on this guy, and he shows up every night and answers it. So, yeah, I think absolutely him, McDavid, and I would probably have to say Shesterkin is another guy for the Rangers. He's yeah. surprising. I, I mean, I didn't know too much about him. And that's another another club that's just nailed it with goalies. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist to Sh- uh, Shesterkin. That's how lucky is that? You're getting two solid goalies after one retires. Same with Rene. You get Saros. I I hope the Hawks can do that one day. Or figure it out. Yeah, just start drafting correctly. <laughs> We're that's the Hawks' problem. Yeah, no kidding. So the Hawks are playing. When you guys listen to this, this will be Tuesday tonight. Um, they are going to be playing uh, the the Blue Jackets, which should be an interesting game. You know, the Blue Jackets, they started off the, the season on a tear. They seem to have cooled down a little bit, but they're still a tough team to play against. I'm looking forward to seeing how this, you know, how this game goes. Hmm. And we're going to see if hopefully the Hawks can take another step, get another win, and, uh, and, and be able quest. to, and be able to um, you know, start to put a string of games together. You know, me and Matt... We want to thank everybody for listening. You know, we're very, very appreciative to everybody. Continue to listen. If you're new, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future podcasts. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk. We're out of here.